Value Town is a production of ChamMV TV. Find out all show information and details at ChamMV.tv. Value Town is directly supported by listeners like yourself via patreon.com slash valuetown. What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 149 of Value Town. I'm Chen Man V, and joining me today are not Jackie and Allie because they are still out of town at Seed Story right now. But instead, we've got these two great guys, Purple and Just Saying, joining us today. What's up, fellas? How's it going, Chen Man? Good, man. Good. 49? Episodes? Well, yeah. What, what, why are you sound so shocked? <laughs> no, 149. I said 149. No, that is a lot. Yeah, that's a lot, and that's that's after like being gone for a year too. We we should really be at two hundred right now, but you know that that year just disappeared on me, and and <laughs> no, but I anyways. mean this is uh this is episode one, right, of the new expansion? Of the new expansion, yes, some, yes. Uh, no, no. Well, we talked, we've talked about obviously uh, pre-expansion stuff, but this is the first episode where we actually you know talk about it when it's out in the you know the wild now, so. Um, yeah, this is legit takes on the cards and decks and everything. So definitely perfect timing. But um, I'm even, ready to make some bold statements and be completely wrong. Yep, we've already done yeah. that in the previous <laughs> the previous episode. So why not continue it into the the actual expansion? Let's start to be wrong about that. Priest is good. Corridor Creeper is good, and Warlock beats Allegra. So, wait. So so how many days have you been playing it, Verbal? This is, uh, like two and um, twelve hours in with playing with the new cards, and I think I think I figured it out. Okay, twelve hours. We gotta see if, if Purple's prediction after twelve hours is right on. Like uh, in in a few weeks, it's gonna be pretty interesting. Um, but no, really great time having these guys on too because the H- HCT 2018 uh, details came out. Just all the changes that they've made to the competitive uh, system. So we'll be talking about that for sure. And then, um, of course, we're gonna get into cards, decks. All that good stuff. Q&A at the end, as always. Go ahead and send those questions to Valuetown at chainmv.tv if you've got any. Uh, but yeah, let's just uh, kind of kick things off with uh, maybe just like what you guys have been doing this week. Purple, I know you've been in China forever now, so getting back home, how, how are you uh, How are you feeling after that long trip? I'm uh, very jet-lagged. It's about, it's about bedtime already now. It's 4, <laughs> oh, 4 p.m., you know? Yeah. So when I sleep now. All right, let's hope, hope it's yeah, not a resident sleeper show, episode was, here. It's actually pretty good that like I'm doing this show because like it's forcing me to stay awake, so I'm not like you know going to bed at four p.m. All right, that's good. Waking that's up good. at two. Hopefully, you have enough spicy discussion to keep you <laughs> keep you totally alert and things. You have to you have to say some dumb stuff, saying. Oh yeah, my god, up. I'm sure I'll I'll say something that will trigger you. I don't know. Uh, saying, how about you, man? I know you've been streaming a lot, doing some cool stuff. Yeah, um, I got a, started a little bit late in this expansion. Uh, the wildfires hit like California, yeah, so the first crazy. two days were like you missed all the crazy stuff the first two days because that meta shifts back and forth like every hour or two. Mm-hmm. But I think I got to the point where I've caught up. Now we're playing some meme decks, and uh, it's almost exactly like Purple said. Priest is still you know in a very dominant fashion. Um, well, they but didn't... we I go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say I sat down for like a solid hour yesterday after the HCT stuff was released and I read everything word by word and it's it looks very promising so far. 
All right. Yeah, definitely good stuff. I mean, speaking of which, why don't we just jump into that? Just HET 2018, uh, big posts came out. And um, I mean, there's like a PDF and all this stuff. I mean, if, if you don't know anything about the, the HCT, uh, I think it's probably going to be best for you to like listen to you know shows and podcasts and people just like they give you a summary of it because it's it's really hard to understand if you don't have a good base for it like right off the bat. Um, but that's kind of what we're here to do. So I think the the probably the most proper way to look at it is really maybe how it compares to 2017 and really, let's just talk about like the differences. And I think that might be a, a little bit better than really going into just step-by-step step what's different because it can just get so convoluted that it, it can get crazy. So um, I think the okay, so first thing, let's just start kind of at the bottom, actually. So uh, teams. So teams are actually going to be taken into account, this this um, uh, HTT 2018, which never has been anything like in, in HTT. We've never had any kind of team aspect to, to uh, the actual tour. So uh, this year, the top 10 teams will be uh, rewarded um, and that's after each of the seasons. So we're still going to have the three seasons. There's not going to be summer, winter, and you know spring and all that stuff. There's just going to be three seasons. Uh, each of them will be four months, except for the first one will be three months. But after each of these seasons, the team standings will... Um, it, well, they'll have the team standings and the cash rewards for each of the teams. The teams will be represented by three players per team now. Um, so I think one thing to clarify with the teams is that it's going to be global. So we're talking like you know, the NA teams versus Chinese teams, or there's just the Asian teams and the European teams all mixed up together. And otherwise we wouldn't have enough teams. <laughs> so, um, yeah, what y'all's take on that? Is, is this help, uh, you know, getting more teams into Hearthstone and really encouraging that, that aspect of it? Because that's always been a, a big criticism to the Hearthstone ecosystem. I've been on saying it's, uh, it's rewarding because, um, now teams have more incentive to pick up these players, but at the same time, as a team, now you have to commit to picking up three players who you think all together can compete well. So it's not just like you can pick up one player and kind of him be a superstar anymore. You do have to have the, the, the team focus, right? It's, it is the team thing. And um, that might be a little bit harder for new orgs to branch off to because picking up one, I think, is already a huge decision. But picking up three in total, that's that's tough. So a lot of the existing orgs are very happy. but. You know, if you're excited as an org about Hearthstone, um, it is maybe a larger commitment for you. Now, I'm, I don't like the fact that we're starting talking about the announcement because I think like the announcement is like the absolute nuts. It's great. It's like the best thing that's ever happened to competitive Hearthstone. Mm -hmm. It's like for me, it's like I don't, I hate starting here about the team thing because like the team thing is like the thing I'm least excited for I'm okay, the most well, okay. that's unfortunately the announcement I'm most disappointed about because <laughs> we can start with the bad and then the we can go into the just is because for a team it's just like money if you break it down it's what 7.5k from first ranging to uh 750 bucks for the 10th best team so like first maybe the team can make a tiny bit of money off its players sure but like the other teams it can be seen as a subsidy, but it does, basically Blizzard subsidizing the esports division and teams in general. But it doesn't like actually get sponsors for right. Hearthstone necessarily on its own. It doesn't solve the problem of like system like yeah, being yeah. self-sustaining. It's just kind of like patching it and hoping teams can stay in Hearthstone. Yeah, I mean, Maybe I think like, it's like how many how many times have the Planet Odd Boys moved in like the last year? Like, 
or orgs being like probably like and like as of next year i'd be i'd be surprised if there's like a better team than planet odd mm-hmm. like with zigzo surrender and hoy like it's just an insane group and like that group can't get like has not been able to like exactly sustain a home for a while yeah yeah uh, and it's nice that they're helping the teams it's just i, I wish they had used like I, I guess like some of the funds from like other portion of the aspects like individuals and shifted it that way uh rather than have the distribution of funds they have but they have currently but yeah that's I, obvious. I, they, they put so they put some thought behind it obviously yeah yeah i think the the argument against that is like because uh like you gave the six of white surrender example from planet odd right they had such a hard time maintaining a team throughout the years because um they're not they're not big streamers they're not providing content for the team so when you end up playing paying so much money for top-notch players and they're not providing content you're going to be like a little disappointed in that but now that blizzard has this team reward system the emphasis has been shifted from content creation to winning as a team mm-hmm. and there's no three that i know better that do that right six so surrender hoy they're definitely like one of the top teams they're probably going to be taking home you know that 7.5 to 5,000 most of these seasons I think that's worth a lot to an orc, especially if um, the team thing gives the orcs some exposure as well. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I kind of, I agree with both of you guys. I mean, I, Purple, I think that this is more of like a step one type of thing as to, you know, trying to somehow integrate teams into this, the whole picture of esports for Hearthstone. So, you know, this isn't going to be the end-all solution. And, and you're right, like, the, the biggest thing about teams not being in Hearthstone is that they just don't see where the ROI is, you know, for for actually putting some kind of investment into the competitive players, and how does that pay back, right? That's why there's only sponsors for like streamers and things like that. So, um, you know, this paying the players, you know, the players are the ones that are actually getting the prize, right? Not actually the teams. It is a little bit of an odd thing. Uh, maybe it'll eventually get to the point where they're paying the teams, the org- orgs themselves, you know, so it gives them incentive to pick up the players because that's actually a different type of, um, you know, uh, uh, structure in itself too. Uh, but, you know, I do like the fact that they're starting to at least do something. I mean, that is actually great. And like you said, uh, saying it, it's de-emphasizing streamers as mu- you know, and, and kind of adding it back to the competitive aspect to it. Um, but okay, so anyways, get the team was, was a weird place to start, I know, but I just it was like the biggest difference, you know, that's kind of why I wanted to start there. But let's get more into just the actual point systems and how things are going to be broken up. Uh, so uh, the biggest, I think the biggest change really is that they have this um, three-tiered system now, which let me just kind of show it to you here. Um, so there's, there's like actual point targets and then there's... Um, you know, basically benefits for being in these tiers. So we actually have a three-star tier, a two-star tier, and a and a uh, one-star. And they're calling it masters. Three-star masters, two-star masters, and one-star master. So, um, and the way it's broken down is it's 200 points to qualify for the uh, three-star one, 175 to qualify for two-star, and then 150 for one-star. And some of the benefits that you get for being like the, the very, very top tiers, you get an auto-invite into seasonal playoffs. Uh, you get uh, 2,500 thousand appearance bonuses for three events a season so i guess you can choose which events you want an appearance bonus for i'm assuming uh and then you get like some cool swag as well as an invite to some online exclusive t- tournaments that you know they will only include these kind of people and then uh two stars you know you don't get that auto invite to playoffs but you get the others and then one star um you don't get the uh the bonuses for appearances so um you know it's it's, it's this is different this is definitely incentivizing people to um, you know, obviously do well each season, but also do well over time. Like this is actually rewarding people who've done well, like the last three seasons, because this point total is based on 
the um, the last three HCT seasons. Um, two hundred points is that a lot? I mean, I guess you, you. I guess it's not that much. Like purple, how many do, points it's, do you have? Like the last three seasons. Like I don't. I don't even know. Like two hundred is like hard. It's like yeah. you're top twenty fiveing every season, and then you're gonna need like a finish at a major somewhere in your three months, basically. Right. Okay. okay. Like it's pretty demanding, but it's exactly what what you would expect for like it's like. Mm-hmm. Or just can't give like 2.5k to like everyone right <laughs> yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> it doesn't work exactly. like that they can't they're not just printing money uh so i, I think it's like somewhat reasonable it's like mm-hmm. high in terms of points but that can definitely be adjusted a bit down uh, it's just like a target right but like i think it's pretty reasonable for like top tier player to get top 25 in one major finish in three months um okay yeah it's saying what do you think man just overall just these three tiers uh, it's really a call to arms to, to competitive players to be more consistent. I think I want to call this like an RG buffer where like, you know, you could qualify for all the things and all the challengers and all the playoffs and things like that. And you do poorly. But if you've, you know, if you've been consistent and you get to these points, at least, then, you know, you're still making a good amount just as a guarantee from Blizzard. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I think the big difference in that is like someone. So how the jump system was currently was like, you go to prelims, you finish nine, you get a hundred bucks. You top eight it, you get like five k. You top four it, you're basically making fifty to two hundred fifty. Just like a two match difference is yeah, like it's a huge drop off. It, it, it's break of career basically. Yeah, I mean, let me show you the just in, in introducing this like tier where it's just like, hey, you go to prelims, you finish ninth, they give you like four thousand bucks, and you're just like go further but like at least i can sustain myself as a professional in this field mm-hmm. yeah i mean like extent, I, I'm, right it's just like yeah I, I mean i just put up the graphic for just the differences in the prizes and i mean you can see there's a, a drastic difference i mean with yeah, the, 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 the line was the line was obviously like a hundred bucks and it was like <laughs> it was like it's the saying line right it's very hard <laughs> to keep playing the game when you're making a hundred bucks per prelims man yeah, so there's a huge difference there. Now you'll be making, you know, the difference between 8th and ninth, for instance, is only $250. So, um, I mean, that's, that's huge. 4500 40 to $4,250 versus $100 is, uh, yeah, pretty drastic. I don't know if you can still make a living necessarily doing it, but we're getting closer at least. Um, uh, you, you need, you, you got to have it not be like 100 bucks. Like, that, yeah. this is a huge, huge <laughs> yeah. jump. Yeah. You definitely should not make you should definitely not make like a lot lot of money to show up and lose right sure like those winners in general are so and so different like you show up to a tournament you should get more money if you win it shouldn't be like you show up and be like rich for finishing like 30 second plays like let's like, say yeah yeah and these are the playoffs these are the seasonal playoffs by the way guys this isn't like the the world championships you know I'll, I'll clearly because there's not that many as many players listed here in the world championships but um but this is great i mean the definitely distribution of the prize pool i think was great i, I think there's just generally more money right just in, in the whole thing so um uh but kind of getting back to the the master you know just the the whole tiered system um yeah i mean do you like the benefits you think the benefits are I mean, the biggest thing is just getting the auto invite, right? Just being just into the seasonal playoffs. But what about all the other yeah, stuff? Like, uh, like, I like me some swag. <laughs> like, all right, what kind of swag are you hoping for, man? Are, are we, it's not card bags, right? If it's a card back and I, I, I qualified and get like the most amount of points, I'm going to ask for a refund for all the packs <laughs> I ever bought. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, okay. So yeah, what kind of swag are you hoping for, man? Shirts, sweaters. Come on, like. Okay, all right. A voice, a voice line from the innkeeper or something like that would be kind of cool. Line from the okay, all right. That could be. That could definitely be cool. Um, but yeah, so. Yeah, so twenty five hundred. I mean, for appearances, that's kind of cool. I mean, it's kind of interesting they list at least three events. So, um, I guess in case you can't attend all the events, you know, so they they kind of put a number on that one. Um, but when you're nice. saying three events, like it sounds like to be traveling a lot next year, which is very scary. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. very hard to get your top twenty five finish and like travel once a month, basically. Which is like what that's saying, right? To get that tier, um, is that actually like sustainable long run? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Because like to get guarantee your top twenty-five, you're grinding two, if not three, servers, right? Yeah, you gotta go to like say DreamHack. You're gone for like five, six days. Travel day off. Uh, you definitely need a day off when you get home. Like you're you're burnt, you're spent. You don't. So like, you combine the two, and you're starting to look to have like a busy month. A busy month is fine, but like, if you if you hit this and you're grinding three servers and going to a major once a month, on straight months, you're gonna burn out somewhere in the middle of that, right? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, I, like, I, it, it, yeah. The time consumption is insane for this. Yeah. So, who, like, in terms of paying for flights, I mean, is that gonna be covered, or I mean, do you have to be on a team, you know, and and that that's gonna cover all these things, or? You know, I'm I'm unclear. It's gonna about be that very too. very hard to be. It's very hard to be independent and like pay for your own flights and like. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why basically? Yeah. So basically, this you know top tier, it's not gonna be covered. You're gonna have to cover your own and travel and things like that. Um, yeah. Same. You can use the two, you can use the two point five k to pay for it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe you might have to actually. I mean, if the point system is. Um, like any anywhere comparable to the one that we have had this year, uh, just to put it into perspective, I think Muzzy had about 144 points, and that wouldn't even put him into the the first level. So Zelay was like second with like 121. Obviously, there's going to be a few more opportunities with the tour system. Yeah. Uh, but I looked at the ladder system rating, and it didn't change too much. You're maybe going to get a few more out of ladder because two through 25, you're guaranteed 15, and finishing first is just an extra point. So now the point system probably went up by like maybe like 1.1 1.2 even then muzzy would only be maybe in the the second tier at best he wouldn't be getting the third tier bonuses yet um so it it does look like the years are going to be busier uh they're doing like two three tour stops per season and things like that so Mm -hmm. purple's right you're gonna have to travel more it's gonna be busy but i think maybe the on the bright side like because it's such a busy year you get so many events to go to it really allows a player to show his his or her consistency which um in terms of getting fans to notice you and to cement yourself like you got to be consistent and if you're going to all these events and you continue doing well and you continue being at these uh three-star two-star levels um you know people are eventually going to notice and I, I think they've kind of brought that to light with the system because yeah. um you get them you get a higher chance to you know travel to all these events and they're all like going to be blizzard run so they'll, they'll help you build the storyline of course through that if they take notice as well yeah and i think it also helps the whole team thing too it's like when teams now know like where to actually look for players and there is this kind of consistent way of categorizing them then you know they can just pick from that pool right they can pick up players up and they're, they're willing to maybe invest in in the competitive players like that i'm showing kind of the point distribution here guys uh, the tour stops are 
are like the majors, I guess, what people have called them in the past. So there'll be dream hacks, and and I, what are they going? What other tournament will it be? It's a dream hack, and it's another example of a tour. From what I know, there's so. supposed to be uh, 33 majors. From the information I I got, basically. Wow. Okay. Which four dream hack? That's a and lot. 29 are majors. Not. Wow. Okay. All right. So I that's like that's a ton of tournaments. Yeah, it's a ton of tournaments. Not 100% when we were actually going to get like year perspective is, but there's going to be a lot of tournaments. Um, okay, so so I guess comparing that to like what we had last year. So last year, one of the big complaints was just the on, like having to grind online cups and you know trying to get points any way you can, right? Um, one of the differences too this year is that the online cups and in Tavern Hero, um, that that whole. Um, yeah, uh, just way of getting into the HCT. That's going to actually be separated into something that they're calling the Challenger uh, division. Which, um, if you have made the playoffs for any of the HCT seasons in the last three seasons, then you cannot participate in this Challengers program. Uh, so it, it's kind of like separating out. You know, I guess the top players can't just go and, and come and get some additional points this way. This is really for folks that you know have been having trouble, you know, really qualifying for uh, any of the, the playoffs in the past. So they are separating that. But I think in terms of creating like this grinding, instead, they've added all these tour stops instead, or sounds like they've, they've added like all these majors instead. So um, yeah, how do you guys feel about that? Like traveling more versus grinding online cups? I mean, I, I kind of feel like it's it, it's a little bit of that trade-off, even though the points are obviously have weighted more on, on the events than they are, like these online cups were. It's like, pick your po- poison, right? Like, online cups are just the worst. People are just like, <laughs> yeah. people are going to scout you and are going to change their decks. And God bless, if you want to win one of these, you got to change your decks, cheat a bit, and... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, right. But like that whole experience is just like not a lot of fun. Like traveling a whole bunch constantly. I mean, if you, you really like traveling, God bless. But that, that's not me. Uh, it takes a toll on your body. It's just like mm-hmm. fatiguing. It's it's hard in its own way. Uh, at least like when you go there, you're not gonna get scammed by uh, by the admins. Hopefully. Um, well, like in the open yeah, cup, you're just guaranteed to get scammed. Yeah, there's yeah, there's obviously been a lot more integrity to put it that way, right? Sure, sure. There's definitely been some instances of, of definitely some shady, shady uh, organizers. Um, but I mean, hopefully that's getting better. I mean, they're they're cracking down on people like that too. The, I'm hoping you know they're they're um, uh, vetting it a little bit more, at least. You know which of these online cups are people organizing the online cups, um, and, and that that will be less of an incident. Um, the majors are like like Dreamac, like they're not without flaw. They make mistakes. Like there's sure. articles on like Reddit where it's just like someone should have been top sixteen. They uh, failed at math and like knocked out someone that should have been knocked out. But they're not like they're trying their best, and they are trying to have like a fair yeah. tournament. So. Whereas, like, that the tournament is trying to be fair and there's integrity to it. That's all, really all you can ask for. You know, so with these majors, guys, I mean, are there any majors that are only specific to a certain region? Or are they just, like, fair game for everybody? 
Do you know? Well, uh, the, the tour stops specifically from Blizzard, right, are going to be like kind of a global trip around the world, right? Okay. They're okay. trying to do tour stops in different regions. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to be easier when the tour stops are near you. But, mm-hmm. you know, professional players might be I, – I guess they painted a different picture. They're like, you get to travel across the world while playing Hearthstone. Purple's like, I want to stay home. Traveling <laughs> is exhausting. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I agree. I mean, it, it, it can get old pretty say, fast if you're if you're back and forth every week. So say, that's my fireplace right there. I like hanging out around here. And <laughs> pants very often. Pull up a chair. Exactly. Um, you know, one good thing though, like given that they have all these, these stops now, is that at least they're point targets now, right? Like they're they're very clear, distinct targets. Um, even just for within each season, there's that 45 point target now. That you know, in the past, it was just like top. You know what was it? Tops uh, sixty. What, what was that? What was the actual cut? It was like top sixty-four. I forget what what it was. Eighty-four-ish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So and like, where does buy happens? Basically. Right, right. It was a moving target, basically. Well, so. but it, was, it was really funny when Crane missed out by one point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> real funny, dude. <laughs> but, yeah, so that I, I remember thinking that spot, and people were like, "No, no, you'll you'll hold. Don't don't go for top 10. I was like. <laughs> not gonna do the not gonna do the whole crane thing right right um yeah it's, it's a lot less risky now right because now that you know it's gonna be 45 it won't be like asia you need 17 uh europe you need like 24 like that's that's such a huge difference that's an extra you know 25 30 percent attack onto your point total right <laughs> uh the, the end of the season is gonna involve a lot of camping because of the there's no point differential between like Two and twenty-five, for example, right? Mm-hmm. So you, there's just like no encouragement for people to actually play. Yeah, and you, if you can see, you can see the differentiation. Like literally, it's one point <laughs> difference between rank for rank one and two through twenty-five. For one point, I, I can't see too many people trying to be a hero and going for it, right? Like, <laughs> it seems. It, it doesn't obviously, seem right, like from twenty-six <laughs> to twenty-five, that's a huge jump. Yeah, rather, I would have put like. Just give like the number one guy like four extra points so that people try. Yeah, I mean the the point breakdown actually <laughs> does seem a little little strange to me. I don't know why. Like big I, jumps in there. There really are big jumps in yeah, there. Like, I mean three points is yeah. I guess three points is a lot. Like, like that, that kind of jump. Um, it's huge compared for like when you compare it to what your ladder rank is, right? From being forty ninth to fifty first, that's three points, right? Like that's yeah a whole lot. Like that's. Yeah, definitely. Over like 15 uh, minutes. At the least the top hundred is getting a decent amount of points, though. That, that's that's definitely good. Um, top 200, yeah, that's definitely more than it was before, too. I mean, that's it's it's, it's definitely there's way there's way more ladder points than this yeah. format. Yeah, yeah, but the you know again the cutoffs are higher though. You know the average before was what like in that 20. I don't know what was the average for for the three seasons. You think like 20 something maybe. Um, in the past. I, mean, I was I was able to play like on NA. I was able to get all my points in five weeks. Not very. It is not very competitive over here on NA. <laughs> okay, I don't know. Saying what's the average? Like I know you were keeping really close track of it. Uh, the average has been between like eighteen to twenty. Yeah. Okay. Uh, most of the time, we're just a little bit above uh, APAC region, but both of us are just in no comparison to Europe, right? Yeah. I don't know. Like Europe's terrible. Yeah, it's so. way higher, definitely. But still, this forty-five is definitely much higher. So I mean, we're, you're gonna have to go. The ladder 
points definitely help, but you're still gonna have to go out and get some more more points to really. You respect. need 45 points in the in the period, right? So that's mm-hmm. like yeah, it's just three top 25s, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, three top 25s. I guess some people do that <laughs> pretty often. Well, there definitely are a hand a handful. Maybe top 25 is not hard for a top tier player, right? Where you could be you could be less consistent than that. If you're if you're between fifty one and hundred, you could have three top one hundred finishes and you know, win a tour stop and still not make it, right? Forty two yeah. points that would be where you're at. Yeah. God, I feel like winning a tour stop should be huge, but um I guess not. <laughs> I guess it's I mean, like you said, it's not enough. Like the ladder plays such a huge role. Uh and it's sixteen, right? If you win a major, it's like finishing rank one. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, which one's harder? <laughs> I mean, I think there, it, it's not, there, there's I mean, people like Orange who's gonna be like, like figure out how to play ladder. Is like there's like a lot of players who just like like Orange who just mm-hmm. play tournaments and don't really ladder. Yeah, like obviously in the system to be in it, you you gotta do both. You definitely gotta do both. Yeah, like it's gonna be. I mean, either like. It's very risky to like not get any points from not ladder and be like the third month just like go for top twenty five. It's, it's like like there's variance in the game. Maybe you just don't get the meta game on that one day and you just get outplayed a bit and make some mistakes and like yeah, super risky to like try to go for three top twenty fives uh, without like any additional points. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Another thing too, guys, is the last call is is gone. And um, the the top point getter will automatically get an invite to World Championships, which yeah, that's cool. You know, definitely, I, I feel like they're already headed that direction. So, um, but all other top point getters for the year will receive cash prizes too, even though they don't get a chance to go to the the actual World Championships. So, a little bit more support there. That's definitely good. It was it was always really. I mean, it, it was before it was like the RDU spot, right? <laughs> Basically, he was the best example of just getting screwed every year. Uh, so at least uh, people in, in that boat who's performed really, really well the entire year will get um, something out of it. But uh, but yeah, overall, you know, this is definitely an improvement. Um, I mean, are you guys happy with this, or you know, still would like to see more? I mean, like, what would, would you like to see more if you if you would like to see you know additional changes? I think the last call should have a higher prize pool. Uh, I think it was like the, yes, you get to an invite to Worlds if you win and you get like, I think 8,000 or something. Mm-hmm. And then if you're second, it's 6,000, 4,000, 2,000, right? But the real the real kicker there is if you're first, you go to Worlds and that's worth so much money. But if not, like if you, okay, so you go to Worlds, you're guaranteed like another 30,000 something, right? So the first place is practically saying you get 40K plus a lot of exposure. Second mm-hmm. place is just 6,000. Right, like you're basing the cutoff off of first getting eight thousand, but you're not calculating the fact that uh, first place is getting the worlds, right? Like that's such a huge deal. Yeah. You're just saying oh, we'll make second place six thousand. I, I think it should be first place gets eight thousand, all the world stuff. Second place should be like twenty five thousand, or maybe a little bit less than that. That might be too much, but I mean, oh, wow, okay. you, you still feel really bumped out, right? Being second yeah, compared to first, point. yeah. Just the world is like an eighty k v, right? It's a million million dollar prize pool for like sixteen players, right? Like, right. It's, yeah, when when one person gets six, and one person gets entered into the eighty k EV tournament, that's quite a freaking jump. Well, I mean, you can make an yeah. argument there just shouldn't be a prize pool for being, you know, being last call, right? Just you just get to go to the worlds. That's it. 
right? And that's great. <laughs> that that's like your prize for it. Yeah, and then everything else should just go to the rest of the guys. Yeah, that's. I, I, I think twenty thousand was too low. I thought it was too high at first, but maybe second should be like thirty something. If first is literally just going to be probably eighty thousand. Well, that's about what it's worth, right? Right. Is that right. an average or what is the exposure? Sixteen plus whatever the hell you're going to call exposure. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a good point. Okay, so that can be increased. Anything else you guys would like to see? Man. With with the last like, structure, or or just in general, just in general with uh, HTT, like any, any Blizzard is Blizzard is throwing some bank at it. It's just, oh, clearly, this, I mean, this is, good. this is just good. I think it's just like either play right, and now it's like a matter of like the orgs doing something. Like there's only so much like they need like the orgs to step in and do something too. Yeah, oh. that's, a, that's a good point. Like, I, I don't know how you do that though. Like, how, how are you? Gonna what, get what you got to do is uh, cardbacks. You got to have team cardbacks. A Temple Storm cardback, a Gamers Origin cardback. Because you, hey. you guys were saying that the orgs weren't getting enough because the players getting paid for the team thing. Well, maybe maybe they need the you know the top three teams to have cardbacks in the game for a little while so they can you know maybe fuel some money for the orgs as well. Okay, I, I need to get like like a survey on this because I, I need to see who actually cares about their card back. Like really, really cares about their card back because you don't you barely even get to see your card back. Like you don't like super, game. super care about your card back. But like it's like pick your champion in these events where it's just like it's not necessarily about like getting three packs, like three packs and three packs, right? It's about showing your support for someone. Yeah, like, the, I, the same thing for orgs. Showing your support for orgs. That's worth a whole lot. Yeah, but showing your support for orgs is like, you know, the whole light and dark thing, you know, you could actually impact the event, you know, with the light and dark thing. But I don't know, showing your support, there has to be something built into like, if people use your, your card back, then something about this team improves. Well, okay, let's put it this way, right? If like my favorite player in the whole world is just saying, and my favorite team in the whole world is Tempo Storm, and there's an option to buy for $1.99 the Tempo Storm card back, I'm probably going to buy the Tempo Storm card back for $1.99. Like, of course, it just makes sense. And I get to draw an extra card at the start of my turn. <laughs> that, that would be awesome. <laughs> if we did something like that. Oh, my God. It's like captured. Yeah, like, captured like that, that system would be great, right? It's a passive. It's like a freaking relic. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. That'd be amazing. Dungeon uh, runs the world championship. I know exactly. It totally affects the design of it. Anyways, that's definitely kudos to Blizzard for um, you know making these you know changes, pretty big, significant changes from 2017. And if you kind of look two years back, like to 2016, oh my god, we, we've come like crazy long ways, right, from that. Dude, so when I, when I made it to Worlds in 2015, <laughs> I, I made five thousand dollars. I made ten thousand dollars from making world champion, and five from going to Worlds. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, feels bad, man. Wait, it's come a long way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, excited for the players. Hopefully, um, you know, we'll we'll get a chance to see just a lot more, you know, competitive players, just actual pro Hearthstone players. You know, that's the real uh, goal of all of this. Uh, so 2018 should be a big year for Hearthstone. Okay, uh, some other bit of news here. Uh, Trinity Series, won by the the LOL boys, the Love You Lots guys, which, uh, we're, you know, I know we're all pretty good friends with Chalky Muzzy Zelay. And um, I guess, I don't know, not too much to say about Trinity. Do you guys watch Trinity much this season? I mean, obviously you played in it, but, you know, like uh, outside of that, did you guys um, enjoy Trinity this this season? Yeah, finals was a huge blowout. Yeah, like obviously. the 
Um, just extend. I think they went. What was it like eighteen and four? <laughs> yeah, they was did. Win rate. Yeah, so dominated. That's just. I mean, purple. You're you're no stranger to grinding. I, I know, like we we prepped before, and like you're you're able to grind 12, 14 hours a day, especially when you're motivated. I think you know they they brought that out in Chalky. They brought that out in Muzzy Soleil, and it showed. Like they had so many tech choices, and they just had an mm-hmm. idea of the meta that people didn't understand. I was in Burbank talking to them afterwards, and basically day one, they knew that Agro Druid would like hard beat their lineup, but they didn't ban Druid. They banned Warlock because they figured everyone else was so far behind they didn't even have aggro druid on the radar yet and they were right it was like it was j druid or his big druid so mm-hmm. like just taking a risk there because they could ban their anti-aggro deck and warlock and priest that actually just paid off for them in dividends day one too because they, they just had the read at that point and like going to finals you could see them game one they picked like aggro druid into the opponent's rogue and they got the read there as well yeah. it's just like everywhere it just seemed like team level was outplaying people 24 hours to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 24 hours to figure out that it's the nuts. <laughs> I mean, there's one person who's going to figure it out. That's probably Omega Zero. Yeah. Fantastic. I was playing in, so he wasn't there. So, like, <laughs> I, 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 think their, I think their play was safe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you saw, like, the opposite, right? Like, Virtus Pro and all these teams uh, were bringing all these control decks, Dragon's Fury, Mage, things like that. And the people were just ended up being so far off, like just the first few days. Yeah. So here, here are um, the lol, uh, the Levy Lots decks here. So we had like Aggro Druid, uh, what Face Hunter, Burnage, <laughs> Merlockadin, Highlander Priest, of course, and then Tempo Rogue. Oh, and then Zulok. So all very tempo based, kind of <laughs> you know aggressive type of decks, except for the Priest. So oh, the only thing they really yeah. missed on is like. I mean, Control Warlock is like 14 times better of a deck than Zoo right now. Okay. That's the only. That's really the only mess in the lineup, probably. Right, because they brought the um, Zoo Lock instead of Control Lock. Like, if you took out the Priest and another deck that's anti-aggressive, it would just come down to like the Aggro Druid Mirror, because everything else you just kind of get stopped by it. Yeah. I mean, potentially Zoo Lock can beat it, but regardless of like strategy, it's just like. Fuck is S tier in the current right. meta game. What was that? Like he broke up there for a second. Warlock is just S tier. It's just oh yeah, control warlock. The, yeah, the right power now. Power level of that deck right now is only second to Rosaka's priest. <laughs> right. And, and for those of you wondering what we're talking, I mean, just in terms of Trinity, like they actually had some of the new cards. That's what. That's why we're talking about people trying to figure out, you know, the meta in such a short period of time. So. Um, you know, Corridor Creeper obviously was a, an MVP in this tournament and it's just really good card, which we'll talk about in a second. But um, yeah, just Control Lock is, I think, something we'll be talking about also too. I've been getting a chance to play a lot of it and it's super fun and powerful. Uh, but anyways, congrats to those guys. I mean, those guys are still, well, actually, Muzzy got signed by Tempo Storm. Obviously did did no one actually say. figure out, did no one in that tournament actually have Control Warlock? I didn't, I didn't actually get a chance to watch uh, the Trinity Funnels. Uh, Virtus Pro was actually also a pretty good build. They were doing lackeys and void lords only, and just being extremely anti-aggressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but I, I think they were they were beaten out by the secret mage, and that, that was like one of the decks that yeah, isn't affected yeah. by it too much. The burn is just so fast. Yeah, judging by like the control warlock could have just like swept uh, Team Law, right? Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's true. But, 
I was like, I was talking to some of the people going to see a story. I was just like, hey, so what do you do about priest and control warlock? You got to ban priests, but then like, you're just going to get 3 0 by control warlock half the time. So what, what the hell do you do about that? So then it's just like, well, you bring quest mage or bird mage or some kind of like combo druid. You got, you need something special to snipe the warlock. It's like your standard ladder aggro deck. It, it it just loses to the three nine dude like <laughs> the three nine dude yeah it's too good definitely too good but yeah let's get into talking let's just talk about some of the uh you know the new obviously Colbone catapult or catacombs catapult catacombs uh cards and decks here obviously this is week one of the expansion uh and um then why don't we jump into meta and then we'll talk about dungeon runs in a second here but you know I think you guys were alluding to some of the the powerful decks already and I feel like there's like two Two kind of uh, um, buckets, maybe a little bit heavier on the control, but there's a discussion just whether tempo, you know, decks are really the dominant deck right now, or whether it's like control decks are the dominant deck right now. So um, I don't know. We might even have a split here between the two of you guys. Want to get your thoughts? Like, which one do you think is is really the 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 type of a- archetype to play on the ladder right now? Yeah, saying I'll start, have you start. So I think overall, like. Uh... Control has got to be extremely dominant, but it's also very polarizing because if you're playing Warlock, your only real bad match bad matchup is like a Warlock Mirror that's a little bit greedier than you, or it's going to be the Rosakis Priest matchup, right? So, um, but in those cases, the greedier Warlock tends to win just because there's no way you kill each other before fatigue and they have Rin before you, or if you don't even run Rin, it's just an auto win for them. And Rosakis Priest just tends to beat you out because you can never really pressure them. They always have, you know, the uh, emergency button. You know, play the psychic scream, start all over again, right? Right. So, um, on the upside right. though, your your aggro decks against control warlock just get completely blown out. You're probably eighty percent plus against almost mm-hmm. every aggressive deck out there. So you get this position where like you're either winning or losing just by queuing up. You know exactly from the start of the matchup how it's going to go, and that's something in Hearthstone that I I, I don't like too much um, when decks become this polarizing and then the meta is like. Okay, rock, paper, scissors, sour again, right? Right. I want to point out though, the one of the Doom Guards, the the one where you play a bunch of Doom Guards, and that one just beats Freeze too. <laughs> wait, wait, wait which one is that? Wait, wait, wait which one uh, is that? Like Cube Umbra deck where you just basically you finish from a from twenty five damage combo of just Doom Guard the face, and actually, I don't think that one loses the Freeze too badly. So like. Oh man, I need to see this one. I don't yeah. think I've seen this deck. I, wow, Umbra? I think that one. Really? I, I think that one goes fifty-fifty against Priest. Holy sucks. Yeah. Okay, yeah, actually, Chimin, I, I think uh, we linked you two decks. Okay, the, the Umbra that. Warlock that uh, Purple's talking oh, about. There it is. There it is. Okay, and a combo troop that's good against both the Priest and the Warlock. Okay, let me bring these up. Oh my god, this is crazy. All right, <laughs> all right, Umbra. But what Sang was saying was absolutely true. It's just that like the Nazoff variant, I think, beats the Doomguard variant because you can just like taunt it out. So there's like a, a Warlock meta within the Warlock meta, basically going on on ladder at the moment. Yeah, but that's no fun. I mean, you know, it's like that's no fun when it's just like the mirror that that the only thing that can compete against it. You know, in, in a lot of cases, so. Um, I was watching that like Rainad video you linked uh, like linked me up before uh, before we started the show, and he's talking about uh, Cordo Creeper and how it's too strong for patches, which uh, snowballs like which and I think like that video is like already outdated. It's like been a week and like a week ago what Rainad was saying was like yeah this is absolutely true. Cordo Creeper is like absolutely 
right. retarded. It's just like the best card ever. But now it's just like, no, Priest just beats all of aggro because it's Brazaka's Priest. And then Warlock beats all of aggro because you cheese out a Void Lord and you got the file. So like... Yeah, I mean, you got removal for days. Creeper is like, <laughs> I don't think Carter Creeper is like that good. It's good in the sense of like when you're playing like quest, your third deck's going to have to win a game. And your first deck can't be Warlock or Priest, basically. And that deck's going to have Court of Creeper and Badges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you're going to yeah. have to win the Mirror, with the, and whoever draws Court of Creeper is going to win. So it's, it's like, the, I think the meta is just already defined. It's just like, Priest is going to win, and then Warlock's going to win, and then you're going to play your shitty third deck into each other, and whoever draws Court of Creeper is... I think you could see the, the stats on that super early on. Like, the first two or three days of the expansion... You know, we were looking up stats on HS Replay on how Quarter Creeper was performing. Mm -hmm. And against every class except for Priest, if you play on turn three or four, your win rate skyrocketed to like 59, 60% plus. But against Priest, even when you played on turn three or four, there's still like 42% <laughs> chance to win. Matter. It, just, it right. didn't shift it at all. Maybe no, it, it did saying you you have a non-zero percent chance of beating Priest now because you play Card of Creeper. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it, it shifted from zero to forty plus. That's actually pretty good. That's that's an amazing card, man. If you can actually change it that much. Um, but yeah, so I put this deck up here. So yeah, talk up. So we got cubes in this deck. We've got Umbra in this deck. We've we've got all kinds of goodies in this deck, man. Let's let's talk about this. Basically, you just want a power cycle. You're basically playing like it's. It's kind of similar to like Leroy Faceless Power Welding, right? It's one of those decks until they're dead, basically. And you finish, uh, basically, you equip the weapon once you get your combo pieces. Uh, you play the Umbra first. Well, you pull the Doom Guard with the weapon. You play the Umbra. You cube it, or you attack for five. Uh, you cube the Doom Guard, which gives you another one on on Valkyrie, and then you at the end you end up dark packing the cube for two extra, and it ends up doing twenty five damage. While leaving a giant ass board behind, it's so like even if even if it only does twenty five and they're at five life, at life they still have to kill four doom guards of three four and a three four. <laughs> okay. And if they can Very manage hard. to do that, wow. if they can manage to do that, you can just play Gordan and get four more back. Yeah, exactly. Right? Or five more oh back, my god! Yeah. Wow, that's and that's you, really you did, Yeah, and you're not actually running any like dead cards in the deck, basically. It's, just, it's like a, it's a very like clean list. There's just like hacking that you're not allowed to play as yeah. Voidwalker because of uh, the five mana two two guy that that recruits your demons. So like the only problem is like you don't have like those that a taunt on one and three. That's like the only weakness of the deck. So like you could throw one in a three if you wanted to, but yeah, I'm... you can throw you can throw in like Tart Reavers or Stone Hills probably. Uh, yeah, Prince Alram is a huge too. blow card. Yeah. Uh... Absolutely nuts because the Void Lord just never freaking dies. So like, once oh, you cheese your Void Lord, Agro can sometimes chew through it, and then you just like play just of more health with stats over right. four minions. Yeah, I guess that's true. Then the Prince is it, it happens. And sometimes against control, uh, you just copy a cube and with two Doom Guards in it, and then you just have a three three that repops two Doom Guards as Death Rattle, and you can like just hold on, ping it out to get two more Doom Guards. It's like the greedy and like if you're dying to aggro which, which, I, which if you want to go from like 80 percent to 100 percent, you can play stone hill defender or target right yeah okay. but the prince is so flexible because like if you don't have the exact combo in hand but you're you've equipped weapon and you pulled out gym guard you can just copy that so you get an extra gym guard or two 
right. once you play Gordana, it just guarantees or... more burst damage. Oh, man. Too. Yeah, that sounds... Yeah, and you can, and you can use it on your opponent's stuff. Like if, yeah, there's just something you can do, right? It's a three mana face list. And there's like no really like sick three mana card you really want anyways. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds cool, man. So just for those of you listening, like on iTunes or whatever, it's it's a double Dark Pack, double Cobalt Librarian, double Mistress of Mixtures, and then a double Coil, too, and Defile. There's a Blood Mage Thalnus in here, a Tainted Zealot, Prince uh, Taldarum, and a Hellfire, two Hellfires, two Amethysts, um, what is that, Umbra, two Cubes, two Doomguards, Two lackeys, uh, the weapon, the skull, and uh, Siphon's Soul, Twisting Nether, two Void Lords, and Gul'dan. Um, so, yeah, definitely try this out. I think we might do this for Deck of the Week this week, guys. So I'll, I'll add this to the, the Patreon page, too. This sounds, this looks like a lot of fun. Haven't gotten yeah, a chance to this out. Yeah. I think the most underrated. Exciting. There's another deck coming up, too. Oh, is there? Yeah, so yeah, we're, we're going to talk about this this Druid deck, too, <laughs> that Saiyan's got here, which... Uh, uh, let's let's bring that up too. Oh my gosh, is this an aggro druid? Well, this this is the druid deck that I think uh, beats up on priest and warlock very very easily. And I saw Frozen online. I immediately linked it to him because this is a kind of deck like Frozen kind of created big druid. It's, it's oh it's a big uh, druid. Oh, oh yeah, it's a big druid. Okay, got it's it. It's like a meme kind of druid list that's incredibly good against control decks. Mimi. Okay, so let's find the memes here. All right, we got Moonfires. <laughs> we've got Jungle Giant. All right, there's the meme already. Growth, Wild Growth, Wrath, Blossom, Branch Paths. All right, cool. Uh, we got Disciple, Oaken, uh, Swipe. What is what is that? Fate Spinner? Yeah. Fate, Fate Spinner. Spinner. Ixlid, uh, Nourish, Arakoa, Spreading Plague, Creepers, Alastraza, Malagus, Kuhn, and ultimate infestation oh my god okay there's a lot of crap in here okay uh when your cards cause zero you can really kill them thanks for that that um, educational <laughs> lesson there <laughs> uh, like this deck needs two copies of spreading plague like um yeah i, I could i could uh, that, that, that's like I'm in past that. I just know you need two copies of Spreading Blade and Druid because that's just how you play Druid. Um, All right, so let's talk about um, man, where do I even start? God, uh, so Cursed Disciple. I don't think I've seen that. I don't think I've seen that in anything. What was that? The the Disciple procs the the quest twice for you. Oh, yeah, yeah. The cards absolutely wow. And then you can just like start firing off it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's that totally makes total sense. I, actually, that was built specifically for the quest, right? Um, branching paths, like, uh, we're, we're, like, what, what kind of uh, um, scenarios have you seen with that? I mean, it's obviously very versatile, right, and what you can do with it. But what, what have you used it mostly for? Well, if you need it for stall, you can heal up for twelve on the mm-hmm. turn before, like your UI or something. Like, let's say you've already played Barnabas, it's like turn nine, yeah. and you just need to survive until your UI turn. It's extremely good. Right. If you're looking for more combo pieces, because you have so much draw on the deck, after you get Barnabas out, you just draw, 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 look for your Khan, look for your Malagos, and just kill them afterwards. It's very consistent in getting the remaining minions from your deck. You never, like, plus one attack with this deck, maybe on the spring, like, <laughs> once in a lifetime, but, like... Right. I guess I grow at some point, maybe, if you get Plague in that now, yeah. Like, obviously, the, the drawing aspect of that card is, like, overcosted, right? Like, Draw two, cross right. three. But, like, right. gain 12 health 
like five. Like there's a there's where that gains five and that for one mana and that never saw play. It's much more efficient at it. But like when a card gives you above ten health, it just starts being playable. It's just like it's like it's just like <laughs> Keelbot is eleven, right? Three three body plus eight. This card is insane because above that threshold of like health turning into tempo effectively. Right. At some point, you just get enough health and that health just becomes tempo because that just means you don't have to interact with board and you can just go through draw steps or development steps of, of, uh, of big ass minions. Uh, like, and that it gives you so much health. Um, yeah. It's the versatility. So, I think a lot of people underrated this. Like, I, th- I think when they were doing reviews of this card, just because you know, no specific thing is y- just worth that for. It's really just the flexibility altogether. You know, like the, having the different combos that really leads to like immense value. I think with this I card. haven't tested like a whole bunch, but like when I look at this card and I compare it with Savage Roar and like Aggro Druid, right? Right. I want this card because. Sometimes Savage Roar is a dead card, and I want to draw two cards. Sacred, like in that story, like I never really want the game six option, right? Mm-hmm. But like more, I'm I'm definitely playing this card over Savage Roar because like I can turn it into something else. Um, the flexibility is just insane. It's just like I think where you're going to use all three options very consistently, but. There's two options, which is like draw a card and like either health or attack, which are going to be used in, in two archetypes. So this card can just see play in like all of the archetypes wait, of truth. Wait, so in an archetype where you, you, you know, you would choose, or right now that Savage War is even an option, you would play this card over Savage War? Really? Like in an aggregate? Sometimes Savage War is just a dead card. I, mean, I understand that. It's just, okay. I think, I'll, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see if people. I don't know. Same saying. You feel the same way about that? I feel like there are people yeah, that I disagree mean, with you there. But. I think Purple's um, logic behind it is just like, as as a blowout, Savage War isn't even really played on three, right? Like you need to develop the board sure. turns one through three, and right. sometimes on four you kill them with Savage War. Well, branching paths would do the same, and even if it's like your only option to roar on four, branching paths could do the same and leave your minions buff later on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The the buffs are actually. But there's also permanent permanent board states where you don't. <laughs> want to develop say the frost nova where drawing becomes very relevant yeah um there's exceptions with like living mana on how your mana is going to turn out where savage roots obviously can end up being a lot better mm-hmm. okay. so that's be, like, the only downside is the the living right. mana the living mana direction yeah but there's just going to be like gives you is just like it's, it's probably worth it like, yeah. I, i'm saying this in full confidence without having played a single time <laughs> yeah exactly uh all right let's talk about xlid because that's something we talked about last week xlid and um you know I, I think a lot of people were thinking of it more in terms of like an agar druid or maybe even some mid-range-ish type of druid but not in this particular case where this is more of a you know biggish even combo-y kind of looking um druid with Nalius there so xlid what are some big plays that you've had with xlid that are just like Wow, those are game ending, basically. 
uh, Ixlid Malagos ends the game. You can easily deal 30 even without it. Okay. okay. Um, don't say. Yeah. Don't say so. Okay, that was an option. Plus 10 spell power. You end the game. Okay. Well, okay, okay. So you can like nourish, and then if Ixlid costs five in your hand, and you pull like the Arakoa, or you get some Quarter Creepers after Barnabas is out already, mm -hmm. it just helps you either like finish the quest if the Quarter Creeper is cheap, or later on you can build like a defensive board against uh, Aggro with like Arakos and things like that. Right. Okay. Yeah, Ixlid is. I mean, if you get it out early, right, it's not going to be the easiest thing to kill. So, um, yeah, man, that'd be crazy. You get a full turn with Ixlid. Oh, man. That'd be... Well, I thought three, for five it's... mana, Ixlid is, like, a little underwhelming. But uh, for four mana, Ixlid would have been pretty insane. Because the card design is two, four, you know, start doubling your minions. And if that's doubling your minions behind taunts and they can't deal with the Ixlid yeah. behind those taunts... You're you're just losing the game because Ixlid can steamroll just one turn after it's been played. Fans who like card decks basically say when game if doesn't die, That's tend to be pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> good point. This yeah. is just like start with like Fandral, right? When Fandral was printed and you left the Fandral on the board, you, you could scoop right between the the nourishes, the Raven Idols, the the Power of the Wilds, the the living the. Living Roots, I think. I don't know. But it's just like, yeah, sure, it's like a, a little below statted for what you want to be playing, but like any card that just like when doesn't die, just wins the game on spot, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhat of an example of this. There's a whole bunch of these that are without, without, um, yeah. Well, we had, we had you, one with like just, Flappy Bird, right? And Flappy Bird was a pretty good example of that too. Um, but, I think this one might be worse. <laughs> like this, this one can be crazy, crazy, especially when you talk about druid that can ramp. So I think that's why they were so hesitant on making this like four mana because yeah. five mana two four. You're looking at it like evaluating that line. Yeah, it's not very impressive at all, mm -hmm. and you can't ever really play it on curve. Uh, just too weak to die. But uh, if they made it four mana, the amount of six mana taunts or five mana plays that you could do on turn nine with druid ramping up would just be too fast. So I, I think five mana was reasonable, but it. It kind of nerfed oh. it to the point where, like, it's finding its spot in this deck because oftentimes your minions are free. Mm -hmm. it, on nine is a great example. It's just like if you just play two draw the claws of charge. Mm -hmm. This, this <laughs> like the, the card starts being viable in aggro. And, like, yeah, beast grid, like that's a good point. Five, I think at five, it's borderline just too strong already for what it is. Yeah, there's got to be more ways to abuse it, like for sure. Yeah, like the, through the claws, I think, great right. example. But the, this card being good is terrible for the game in the long run. <laughs> Can you imagine if Innervate was still like ramp two, like <laughs> ramp two right now? You could get that super early, and then just like be building uh, upon it, just right, right from there. Get two Fandrels, get two whatever, right? <laughs> It'd be crazy. I do not miss Innervate whatsoever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> innervate whatsoever. <laughs> That'd be insane. Uh, yeah, Chocolate okay, so. Any other cards you guys have been um, just kind of interesting? Or uh, those are definitely two of the decks that that are really really cool, and and um, hopefully a lot of people listening will play it. But any particular cards kind of stand out to you this week? Um, um, well, my favorite card of the set is Call to Arms. Wow, and that's interesting. Okay, and it is. Um, I think in a really uh, theoretically in tournaments where uh, you can ban Warlock. Uh, because Boladin actually just consistently beats Priest. Because Priest cannot deny a Boladin from drawing its entire deck by turn 9. And let me tell you what, all my shitty 1-drop, my 17 1-drop army, 
30 damage against your priest stack by turn. Well, th so for yeah. those that, that might not know what a bulletin is, or by the way, Call to Arms guys, a four mana, recruit three minions that are cost two or less. What's a bulletin for just some folks that don't know what it is? Bulletin is a deck that runs any, somewhere between like 16 and 21, two drops. Almost nothing more expensive than that. And uh, they try to keep, kill people with Sunkeeper Terram eventually. Yeah, so I think flood, it's higher than the yeah. lower curve is just like burst damage, right? It's like right. Chargers, Leroy, Blessing of Kings, weapon damage. Right. So because so basically the bulletin has been a deck that has like I mean when I was playing my first tournaments made appearances and more powerful as set come because the first at first we only had divine favor and what ends up happening when you only have divine favor is that like a solid like six forty percent of games probably I, I don't actually know the math exactly but forty percent of games let's just say because you don't find your divine favor kind of gas yourself and you don't have enough to finish the job cool next they introduced recruit tarms the draw three one drops right consistency mm -hmm. instead of running out of gas 40 percent of games you're running out of gas like 20 percent of games and now you add call to arms <laughs> and you're just so consistently getting your entire deck by turn nine it's draw all 30 cards by turn nine at this point it's uh well, because this... <laughs> draw synergizing with draw synergizing with draw making a bullet and actually one of the most powerful decks in game. Yeah, this this yeah, card's I, I think the... this card's way better than like the right, just uh, the, the previous draws. This actually puts stuff on the board. So this is synergizes together. No, it's just the consistency yeah. of being able to play all thirty cards by turn nine. In terms of your mana curve, you actually like you have to math it out that you actually have perfect mana from one to nine, and you, you should be able to play every single card basically. Wow. And that's okay. just how you build the deck right now. Right. It just works. And like, uh, I've seen like the, I think like the popular list are running Daryl Valfa and Knife Juggler. I think that's just wrong. I think you just run Prince because uh, <laughs> all the arms <laughs> in Prince is some of the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> the game's over. Like, the game's yeah, just over. Like, you know, it's like for the longest time, I've been hoping that, flood, you know, this type of Paladin would, would eventually become strong. And there's all these little elements that are added, like you were saying. Um, and, you know, even when, when, when uh, uh, Sunkeeper came out, you know, just like, oh, yeah, we're getting closer, right? We're getting closer. Yeah, After they took extra away, tool, extra tool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, they took uh, away Taskmaster, but yeah. I mean, not Taskmaster, but... Um, popular uh, list is definitely wrong, because mm -hmm. whenever you have the, the two walls, the two jugglers, and a bit more top end, like, I, I mapped it out, basically. Uh, your mana curve becomes impossible to play. And you actually just never want the game to go to turn 11, so you actually just, like, want it to be lower anyways. Uh, like, it's to a point in, in a bulletin where, like, Snow Flipper Penguin is like not out of the question as a card in the deck. It's uh, okay. That's that's a little crazy, man. That's that's pretty awesome. But saying you're I mean, the say power level, yep. the power of the card is just so insane, right? Because you thin your deck of three of your cheaper minions, so your draws later on a little bit better. And not only does it thin it, it puts them into play for you. So like small time yeah. recruits would do the same effect, but they end up in your hand. So you've cheated out. Well, basically, call to arms is like you wait a turn to play small time recruits but you get the innervate because you play them all out at the same time. So absolutely insane power level. And it's played, I, I think Tice has been streaming a lot of like control paladin. Uh, God bless him for trying that deck at the moment. <laughs> um, but what he's been doing, he's been playing like plated beetles. He's been playing like dirty rats and the ability to thin out those cheap minions from your deck mm -hmm. is so strong because now, now your control paladin is consistently drawing better cards as well. They're not hitting their anti-aggro tools because call to arms does that for them. 
I mean, just the mechanic behind uh, false arms is so well designed and so powerful. It could fit in to like any paladin archetype because of the sheer power level of the card. Sounds like Tice is losing the five <laughs> doom guards to the face a lot. <laughs> He's playing that deck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could, I could definitely see that. Unless Tice, you, you always know if you're playing Tice in a tournament. You're absolutely going to lose if you brought aggro. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He loves that control value, man. They're just control decks in general. Uh, let's see. Uh, another card that's maybe talk about. We talked about Corridor a little bit already, but what do you guys think of Master Oakheart? Because, um, you know, people were doing some silly things, at least in the first few days with him. But, you know, now that it's been a yeah. week, is this card actually good or not? Like, I was watching this guy called Just Saying, and he put some really <laughs> bad cards in his deck. <laughs> Really, really, really good. And when it works, people get upset. <laughs> oh yeah, well, four cards come down sometimes. When, in addition to him, when the things so you, right. so you play the one so. mana guy that makes your end of turn effects uh, proc twice. You play the two four dragon for nine, which summons a dragon. So he pulls those two guys, and then you pull two dragons. So you end up. If you play a okay, three five, guy, sorry, you have, five guys, you, you, play, you can <laughs> yeah. play up to six minions in the same turn, of which yes. one is probably a twelve twelve. Right. <laughs> and you can play this on turn four. <laughs> that's, that's how it works out. You you ramp with the the blossom or the growth, play the nourish, and then coin out Oakheart the next turn, and the game's just over. It's it's brought like Big Druid into such a high release state. It's absolutely insane. Um, yeah, but outside yeah. of that, I mean, the idea is you cheat manager, so you're gonna do crazy things with or without Oakheart. Um, yeah. Oakheart has been played in like Warlock though, and I think it's been pretty underwhelming. People have mm-hmm. been trying to pull like Void Lord only um, as their their three attack minion it's things totally like that. Okay, on turn nine, it's like okay. if you're playing I played it some. Void Lord on turn nine, that's fine because Void Lord is a turn six play currently, right? Like, right. Fair for Warlock, basically. It's only fair. It's only good in Druid because it's turn four, right? Like, <laughs> I, I like how we're talking about like nine, you know, like seven, eight, nine mana minions being played on turn four and you know turn turn six and i mean it's it's kind of silly at times but it's yeah druid, like uh, a lot of cards are good in the druid class because of mana cheating yes yes this one is certainly not the exception this one is <laughs> very good at mana cheating uh, I mean, this was supposed to be more of like a deck building type of card, right? Like you would have to include cards that, you know, had a one attack, a two attack, a three attack, and they're supposed to be on the smaller side. But unfortunately, we have these awesome cards that have like three attack, like Void Lord, and, you know, we're, we're seeing that this that type of thing. Um, any I mean, other, like... It's also the Reddit deck, right? Or the, the 4chan deck. Wait, which with, one? Uh, this post on Hearthbone that Kalento was playing this deck with like two Tar Lords, the the one eleven yep. taunt guy. Yep, yep. yep. Just, just to get people to craft it, and like in the description of the deck, it just says, uh, "Always hard mulligan for bring it on against aggro, and always hard <laughs> mulligan for Master Oakheart against control." <laughs> oh my god! Half, oh my half god. the comments are just like Kalento did not play this deck, and the other half is like. Really? <laughs> Bring it on in your opening hand. <laughs> oh, I've ever I, seen. I wouldn't try that, exactly. No, but that, that, this has definitely uh, been an interesting card, at least the first week. Um, we mentioned Voidlord many times now. I mean, is, is Voidlord one of the most powerful cards in the game? I mean, at least in this expansion? Y- y'all's opinion? So, 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's no question, um, right? It's like this expansion. I mean, they don't rarely release like silence or um, you know effects to get around huge taunts like this. Mm-hmm. So this expansion, the fact that we didn't get a lot of tools like that, means that aggro decks have to run something like Spellbreaker just to deal with this, right? Or uh, rogues have to include Sap again, things like that. And that overall, boy, right? Yeah, yeah. So it, it's kind of like once you get cheat out Void Lord, your your win rate just skyrockets. You go Lackey Void Lord, and the game's just over. Doesn't really matter how much damage you took to begin with because Warlock did get a lot of healing on top of everything else. The assessment that the card's strong, like, yeah, of course it's strong, right? It's a nine drop, right? So Astaire is also strong. Uh, but like, it's like any big taunt is strong is the fact that it's consistently on the board on turn five or six that makes it powerful. It's just the whole big droid thing of like, whatever you, you cheese out as fast as possible. When you're mana cheating, things become incredibly powerful. Like, if this is, like, cast on nine, turn nine consistently, card. Like, yeah. Not, it's, 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 like, fine at power level, but it's, like, it's not unfair, right? It's, like, by, if you played on turn nine, then well, all of a sudden my Spellbreaker in my hands actually, like, I can go Spellbreaker and have five mana to do something else. But, um... When I spellbreaker your thing, I only have two mana left, and then you have a three nine that eats my four three, and I still fucking lose. Like I'm dead. It's over. <laughs> Even when I do have the spellbreaker, it's just the whole mana cheating thing. It's yeah. freaking un- unfair. I mean, there, there is the problem no is the two two guy that gives you this. Yeah, there's no way to really counter this card if it comes out on five. I mean, what could you do? You could silence for zero and maybe black knight on six or something like. No, you can't. You, run you can't even black knight like, the guy because he's silenced, right? So it's like. I don't even know. Like, what can you do against this guy? Like, to, to even. That's why I think, like, Sap's going to come back at some point. It's just like, there's been some Miracle Rogues, like, relying on, like, oh, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Sap would. That's just true. Sap works. Completely yeah. unfair against this card. Like, it just it blows you out because you need a two card combo to get this guy out on six, and then you sap it, and you can't play it for three more turns. So, like. Yeah. I mean, you can't even. Yeah, you can't scream. You want to play your aggro deck. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's even so effective that g- generally an aggro deck will wait for you to proc the death rattle and silence the taunt, right? Yeah. But I think a lot of aggro decks now are forced to just silence the 2-2 because even if you silence the 3-9, yeah. the 3-9 is still doing so much work on the board that you're forced to take your tempo oh, turn, God, the turn that terrible. it's played, right? Right, right. As like Rogue, for example, you're actually like not really an aggro deck. Like by turn five, your opponent's consistently... In the mid twenties, in terms of alto, the three nine is going to get three nine is going to kill the next three minions you play. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true, and that's the that's we're not even talking about like things you can potentially do too. Like you know, it's got Nizaw synergy, it's got Goldan synergy too. So I mean, we're talking like Void Lords for days, you know, in some and, of those decks. So individually, like that's your question. Like individually, the cards like fine. but the amount of synergy it's got within Control Warlock is just absurd. The reviving the the weapon even right like spellbreaker sap these are cards coming back into the meta for sure yeah uh, acidic swamp boots it's gonna have to be in or parasin jokes one kind of weapon destruction mm-hmm. has got to be present it, like if, I, I, that, I, I hope it's not quite like that because that that sucks that's like two slots automatically have to be filled i mean at least two slots i mean hell no i mean who, maybe it's, fine. it's shit it's like it, it's, it's a temporary measure that corrects over a long run right because it's just like, like the Doomguard deck only works because of the weapon, 
But it's like, if I know like all my opponents are going to have like Harrison Jones in their deck, and do nothing, let them make them draw three cards, I'm going to lose every time. Right. Right. So then I'm going to have to correct by not, not playing this anymore. <laughs> so it, and then it's just like, well, I can still run this powerful combo. So it all keeps itself in check. There's nothing wrong with hate cards like that. It's just like, Weapon well, destruction is there so that these weapons don't. Like, it's compared to, like, for example, the last thing we got, right? This set, we got a legendary weapon. The last set, we got DKs. DKs, there was no counterplay, and it is just bad. Oh, like, okay. So you actually like the fact. Okay. I, I see what you mean by that. Oh, yes. Counterplay is amazing. Well, counterplay like, is amazing, but it's just like, uh, for me, it's like. You know, the, when the the new kind of card, like a weapon, is is mostly agreed play, you know, it's going to turn into agreed play, right? Because I think the baseline will be just to like preventative measures, and then like maybe there is a little bit lull, or maybe in events, you know, people try to sneak by without you know the, the ooze because of whatever the meta looks like going into it. But for the most part, people are just going to if the any of the weapons become super huge or any of the top decks have a weapon like that, it's just going to become baseline, right? And I don't know. I've never loved that. Like just having something where it's just like, okay, you have to run a BGH or you just have to run an ooze or you have to, you know, sure. that, that sort of thing. I but, mean, you're getting into kind of dangerous territory here. Like um, Blizzard, I think this expansion, they experimented with something different, which was like Kingsbane having a death rattle on a weapon, Valinar having a death rattle on mm -hmm. a weapon. Yeah. The thing is you can't, you can't silence a weapon. You can destroy it. But if it has a death rattle, it's coming back every time, right? Yeah, so when you play control against that kind of sure. feel, it's, it's also kind of uh, a dangerous territory, right? Um, you can't silence the minion that Valinar buffs, but if you're playing some kind of weird Valinar deck where you're running the Serenite Chain Gangs and the Doppel Gangsters, <laughs> like you can't deal with that. You can't silence all those minions. That sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> right, so when are we coming well, out with a card it's... that we can steal? Like we can actually steal the opponent's currently armed weapon. <laughs> that would be... I, I think it's it, it's like a funny scenario, but you you know Blizzard, this is like their first time making the the weapon death rattle, and the yeah. fact that you can't silence that is like a real like a really dangerous territory. So I think like they're experimenting with it right now. But there's a chance that like we don't see weapons like with death rattles again. But there's a chance that they like find a good way to balance this because um, I mean later on like Kingsbane in a control meta is just absolutely insane, right? And Valinar in control meta, same kind of feeling. Uh, if you're playing any slow decks, those kind of effects can easily be abused to overrun you. But but, 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 but saying tentacles was never effects. good though. Tentacles. Ten oh. <laughs> But it, <laughs> I know, I'm just kidding. Valinar is like a million times better than Tentacles. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but still, like that's only like two of the two of the nine that are like problematic in terms of like late game design. But like, I, I think it, I think the weapons are just good and just like having and keep it in check just mm -hmm. naturally corrects the problem if it ever is a problem. Yeah. Well, compared to, like the last thing they gave us, like I was just saying, was like the DKs. And it's just like, oh, you and when I can see. <laughs> Well, Anduin would see. That's the I'm thing. Not about, free and see, I concede. I, I oh, hold on, I, I concede. Well, I like, hate that that the DKs, you know, like the power of that and everything was measured just purely because of, of like, you know, Anduin is just. The, I think Anduin was just. If it wasn't because of Raza, Anduin would not be be such a you know a big discussion point. It would actually actually just been fine, right? Um, I guess Goldan. I mean, you can say Goldan has like crazy amounts of power, but all the rest of the DKs, I think, were like great. They were well designed, you know. Like it was, it wasn't too powerful in my mind, you know. And 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 um, if we, it's just Anduin was paired up with Raza and it just turned into this deck that you know oppressed the meta, which kind of sucked. I I just, I just like 
from Angina and the Warlock Control Warlock Mirror happened a few mm-hmm. times. I, I coached one of my teammates, Doc Pone, on how to play the Warlock Mirror. It's just like, pitch all your cards for Gul'dan, right? <laughs> don't light tap on two because the game all is right, over. Sure. It's just over. You don't have to do anything because because a card is in your starting hand, you just win. So it's like, you compare that with like the counterplay of having like a Harrison's like, these weapons are cool. They're 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 great cards, and there's counterplay to them, so they can they can never go and play. They can't ever be too much of a problem, really. So it's like I think it's like completely wonderful all these cards. Okay, fair enough. Uh, what about priests or dragon priests, guys? Like dragon priests was like one of the things that people were just defaulting as. Oh, this is gonna be crazy awesome. It's gonna like totally be top tier deck right off the bat. I mean, so far we're just seeing the same Highlander <laughs> Freeze being played, and I haven't seen many Dragon Priests or heard that many uh, doing super well. So where are we with Dragon um, Priests? Dragon Priest has the highest win rate on ladder at the moment. Oh, does it? Okay, I just haven't, I, um, I haven't here, seen let me, it. Let me send you a deck list, because it does have a lot of power at the moment. Okay. And it's a list that... Um, Satellite, he's a Japanese streamer. He came up with this list, and cool. it's been... It's been a list that he's been just grinding out top 10 legend, playing it consistently there for the past two or three streams. And a lot of other people have taken notice. And yeah, it's just a deck that's been doing extremely well in terms of the ladder game at the moment. And it has so much high roll potential uh, because the real power spike is, I mean, yes, it's running creepers, it's running bone mares, but it's making a really, really powerful use of the spiteful summoner on turn six. Um, and you're only putting in mind controls and free from ambers. And mind control actually becomes somewhat playable at this point because, you know, taking a Void Lord is such a big deal as well. Okay, let's take a look at this. This is a really I, I, small I, list. Wow, it's like... I think, that, I think this deck is rubbish, but... Okay, let's, <laughs> okay, let's, let's kind of just go through it real quick. So North Shark, Clerics, Nether Spites, uh, a, a Shadow Ascendance, Curious Glimmer Root, um, a Talon Priest, Tar Creeper... Dustbreaker, Twilight Drake, uh, Scalebane, Operative, uh, Spiteful Summoner, Bone Mare, Creeper, uh, Free from Amber, Grand uh, Archivist, and Mind Control. So there's only, what, 16 cards in this deck, but a bunch of doubles here. Um, Why do you think it's rubbish, Purple? I mean, it loses very hard to some early game counterplay. Like, for example, doesn't have an answer for a Doomsayer. There's going to be some lost percentages right there. There's just something. Oh yeah, because there's no shadow right, right. Yeah, it's, or yeah. Looking yeah. at a deck like Control Warlock, this deck is just does not have a freaking chance in hell to be yeah. Control Warlock because you have to go for the Void Lords the hard way. <laughs> there's, you don't run Shadow Warfare. You don't run Silence. You got to put 18 into it. <laughs> so like, you can steal it by turn nine eventually, but yeah. Yeah, like the deck's trying to do some aggressive things, and like a deck like, for example, like uh, a slower druid, a jade druid, a big druid, it's gonna get farmed by this. But like, it's got its applications, but it's got a lot of downside and a lot of matchups. And just because you run two copies of Dustbreaker does not mean you beat Agra. It turns out Shadowward Pain's really good against Warleader. Like just having one answer for a Warleader in your deck, it can degenerate. Like just plus a, plus two health buffs on Murlocs. There's just a whole bunch of ways to play around deal three damage. Like Hellfire is not a god card against aggro. In fact, it was being cut from Control Warlock, and it's Hellfire is only being played again uh, because of the the spell stuff. Like 
Uh, can't really beat Agra, I don't think. Doesn't beat the control deck in the meta. I'm gonna guess okay. you probably lose to Rosakis Priest too. Purple, you've got you've got four Dustbreakers in there with the historians. <laughs> three. And like uh, three. in terms in terms of a, a power spike for mid-range deck, I think Spiteful Summoner using that card successfully is such a huge deal as well. Like I tried to the whole point of uh, and in the reckoning of like Dragon Priest, right, was that it would be like a deck that could you know, beat out Razakis Priest because they're immune to Dragonfire Potion. Uh, deathing one thing is not enough. And it's just like a lot of mid-range pressure. And Dustbreaker being in a set is like, okay, we have a good chance against Aggro as well, which was kind of the lacking part for Dragon Priest at the moment, is it would just kill over to Aggro. So you got some percentages on both sides, which is why, like, it's playable at the moment. But, like, you're right. It's it's losing to Doomsayer a lot of the time. Control Warlock. Going through Voidlord the hard way is never fun. Um... It does have a lot of weaknesses, but in terms of what you expected from Dragon Priest out of the expansion, I think this is one of the lists that you know kind of does that well. Okay, I mean, how many dragons are there? I mean, there's seven. Is that right? One, two, three, four. It's definitely on the low slide. Yeah, uh, I mean, optimal, I wanna... optimal for Dragon Priest is nine. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're if you're running yeah. a story, you want nine in your deck uh, because just for consistency. Because if you need it starting turn two, right? So if you're playing like a dragon deck where you, your first like activator is just like operative, for example, like we don't have historian, and going down to like right. seven or even six, fine. But like if you're playing Netherspite historian, you probably want closer to nine. If you're playing such a, such a small amount, uh, basically it ends up being pretty bad on your mulligans because it's just like, well, all of a sudden I gotta keep like my expensive, the most expensive dragon just to like because like I need it for synergies, and that that tends to make it that you end up with below average draws overall so like right but we're, we're in the where like primordial drake is just terrible so there's like no justification oh, right. for going you know a right. lot taller it's only five that. mana right like the, the worst that you have to keep it's like a five mana minion which isn't that I, bad, I, I've, I I've heard like that like twilight break is like very good in uh in the stack anyways uh, do you think we should you should run two of them twilight drake's the two of probably in this deck it's just uh, the double corridor creeper, double bone mirror, is taking up a lot of space. <laughs> that great? Yeah, I, I could see like cutting a bone mirror because like your your swing turn is spiteful summoner on six anyway, right? Mm -hmm. And the creepers yeah, can be played whenever. Yeah, 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 that makes some sense. It's very clever though with spiteful summoner. For those of you listening, spiteful summoner is the one where six mana four four battle cries reveal a spell from your deck, summon a random minion with the same cost. And with this deck, you know, if I just read out, there's really only three, there's only th or four spells, and they're all eight mana and ten mana. So you're going to win this this Joust with spell uh, costs, and you're going to be getting something big. So it's very, very clever from that standpoint. Um, you know, Bone Marrow. I had this whole concept with, uh, with Zoo, and you just run two copies of Doom. Uh, that was all right. Um, Try it in Battle, then you run like Dinocides and Steeds. So, like. <laughs> yeah, Dinocides. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, unfortunately like in, the, in like zoo and murloc paladin you don't actually want to be running like any spells anyway right while like dragon priest has like the this merit that like you actually have some spells in comparison right yeah uh but like, like i could even see this guy in like an extent but like with sprint and just got backstab um but okay yeah the card's power, power level is very unfair 
You know, bone right, marrow. Uh, you, you were talking about dropping in a bone marrow, right? Um, where is bone marrow now? Like, you know, we went from bone marrow being like in every single deck or tempo deck. You know, just literally being the reason why tempo was good. To um, now, I don't know if we're seeing them as. I mean, maybe we're still seeing them in tempo. I just want to get y'all's thoughts on like where you think bone marrow's place is right now. Second best card in the game. Still best card in the game. Okay. Second best. Second best. I would yeah. Say second. Wait. <laughs> Wait, what's number one? Purple? You're... The the quarter creeper. Okay, quarter. Okay. I think that's yeah, what yeah. yeah, yeah, zero mana cards are generally you know very 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 good <laughs> in this game, uh, which leads right. us to something that I know saying you had some uh, uh, thoughts on, which was you know quarter creeper is I don't know what the third card that we've had. I think just generally that gets like a decrease in cost to the point where it's typically played with zero, um, and uh, you know how, from a design standpoint, I mean is, is I think every time it's happened, actually, the last one, the, the ghoul wasn't hasn't been played that much, right? Uh, was it a ghoul? It, it was a happy. Is a happy ghoul? Is that the one that was? Uh, um, well, that's because as yeah, that was that's ghoul. the reason. The reason for that is because priest can't use the card, right? <laughs> okay, sure. Um, yeah, because it's the whole yeah heal thing. But you know, in terms of things from below, and then now we've seen with corridor. I mean, these were like no brainer, just good cards, right? In terms of of uh, this type of tempo decks and things like that. Um, what do you think about the design for that? Saying stop. <laughs> okay, for stop. 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 <laughs> stop. No. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I think Raynaud's argument for the patches is actually very, very key. I mean, it seems like such a small thing that patches and creeper are that related, but mm -hmm. when patches and whatever part you're playing can kill off another minion, um, you do just kind of reduce quarter creeper coming out by a turn. And coming out by a turn is such a huge deal between turn three and three, turn four. Oftentimes, that mean creeper is being left unchecked. And the ability for it to be a 5-5 while you're developing a wide board means that it's harder for control decks to punish your wide board because they can't deal with going wide and going tall that early on. So the fact that it's a 5-5, the stat line is absolutely insane for avoiding early game AoE. Um, like previous cards, I think there was something like Volcanic Drink that was a 6-4. It was more aggressively statted, and it didn't retain its buffs after the turn, so you had to set it up a little bit harder. Yeah, that's right. And um, on top of that, it wasn't that strong against AoE to begin with. The Creeper stat line was just absolutely insane, and the fact that it keeps on retaining everything in your hand means that you just keep it off the mulligan. You know, it's uh, it's such a strong backup plan for your board getting wiped or to secure your board in the early game. I'd like to elaborate a tiny bit on that. It's not just that your patches reduces the card cost by, by a turn or one, right? It's also that your opponent also plays patches and there's a second <laughs> proc. Yeah, and it's zero yeah. on turn three. Exactly. And then like, the correlation between patches and creeper is pretty cool, but like then you throw in Prince into the equation, and <laughs> Jesus, this is starting to be really dumb. Yeah, I mean, Purple, you're talking about those games where when both players have patches, it's whoever <laughs> has the creeper that wins, right? Because if your opponent doesn't have it, what, what can you do? Like, I know you're insanely good at card reading, and I've seen like some aggressive mirrors where I have this feeling that they have creeper because they're early turns haven't been that strong and they've kept like one or two cards in the opening hand am i supposed to not kill your stuff am i supposed to not play my oh, patches no you like, can't just not do that right because like <laughs> it's just like there's like oh you're not gonna kill me in my patches cool i'll play like captain and cold blood <laughs> like go screw yourself there's <laughs> other cards in my hand besides creeper you gotta kill my guy or you die right like right minion yeah. combat minions have to die i or mean the only 
the only scenario I think where there is some counterplay is where your priest and your opponent has had a weak aggressive start and you're saying, I'll take some chip damage and I'll kill his minions on a turn where I can deal with Corvid Creeper, right? I can take some damage now sure. and then I have this read that Creeper's in the hand so I can set up uh, killing minions before Dragonfire or something like that. So I, I take a little bit more chip damage. But like, I think even that's then, like, has to get part the read, of what you're right? saying right now saying is play priest. That's just brilliant. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of the only classes that can kind of take a a passive stance against Creeper and have that be successful. Well, I mean, is the is the issue with Creeper because of the early turn that you can play it in, or is it just a general issue? Because I don't know. Let's just say they decide to nerf it, make it ten mana. You know, like it is that the kind of thing that they should do, or you just don't like it? Period. Like, just there's nothing about it that you like. Not not even the fact that you can play a five five or zero even late late in games. I'd be opposed to the design if it was like a 10 mana card with the same effect because so swingy when it does end up costing zero. Cards that end up costing zero are just to play against. And the fact that you have to play the card yourself, it just is just a. It, I don't know, you're playing aggro mirrors and you're just like, whoever draws the card is just going to win every single game, basically. Like, or you have to play a deck that can beat it, which is Warlock and Priest. And that just like kind of limits what you can actually do in the game. Just as anything that costs zero is just inherently very powerful. Yeah. So hopefully they'll. I, I think purple's uh, scenario yeah. is the best. It's just that when you both have the patches, you're both trading early game. The person who has creeper and plays it, and the other person doesn't. I mean, you've just gone and turned that matchup into such a such a favorable, right? By playing this cheaper oh, five five for tempo. Oh, it's not just that. Even if you both have it, right? Mm-hmm. Who's going to win that that case, eh? Obviously, the person who's first. first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like that having a Van Cleef that doesn't cost Already, like, price. an aggro mirror, like, going second is just already a death sentence. You have an aggro to that. It's just, like, you're on suicide alert, dude. I have coin and aggro mirror. Oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> down to, like, 11% win rate. Right, right. Okay, well, uh, let's uh, let's talk about some dungeon runs. Before that, I want to give a um, just take some time and give some shout outs to some of the folks that support the show. Uh, obviously, that's our patrons, and if you're interested in that, go to Patreon.com/slash/ValueTown. And uh, one quick thing about Patreon, guys, I know they like, announced like this change in fees, and people were really pissed off about it. And unfortunately, or at least fortunately, they decided to to. Uh, kind of go back on that so they're actually not going to be rolling out these different changes to their fee system unfortunately a lot of people that have patreons you know lost a lot of people because of that and and including ours too so i just want to let you the folks that listen to the show that you know literally left because of that i mean they they definitely changed it back and hopefully you guys will come back but uh, i do want to give a shout out to the existing patrons which are um uh, our legendary producers mike t rami s as well as brandon p uh raydan bob k graham s andrew r cameron m paul h Vincent G, Dan S, Danny H, just to name a few. Thanks so much for supporting us, guys. Like you guys are the reason why we're able to do the show each week, and hopefully you guys can continue to support us. Um, okay, well, why don't we talk about dungeon run some? I know purple, you haven't played any, just you haven't had any time. But um, saying you got a chance to do some runs. Have you have you won the thirty thousand dollars yet, or not? Are you almost there, or, or no? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's getting. Uh more and more ridiculous as, as we go on because uh, the difference between purpose, like a perfect run and a bad run is, um, I mean, you can have like a very, very good strategy, right? Like you, you get this uh, Warlock deck. I saw Muzzy playing earlier mm-hmm. and he's got the minions in that cost more than five or reduced to five. Mm-hmm. He's playing Warlock, yeah. drafted like six Molten Giants, right? <laughs> so then they cost five at the start 
and now you're tapping and you can get all your own giant style probably turn three or four. <laughs> right. It's absolutely insane. You should be winning your run with that, right? But he gets to the final boss, King Toggle Woggle, and he discovers this spell, which is like silence all of your opponent's minions and destroy all of them. And Muzzy has his board of like five giants. <laughs> no steam left in hand. He's he's yeah, high rolled the boss until that point. Uh, all the other seven bosses was just a walk in the park, right? And then you get you get like the worst possible RNG discover against you, and you lost the final boss. You got to start all over again. And the chance of you drafting that sick deck with the six molten giants and reducing them to five at the start, it's not going to happen again. You know, like um, it's, yeah, it's one opportunity. Yeah. What did you say, Purple? Yeah, it's one opportunity. It's one opportunity, yeah. I mean, it is like this. There's definitely a lot of RNG aspect. If to you it. lose, you just like restart immediately and just like start start over. Yeah, start over again. Yeah, and for those of you wondering when we're talking about the thirty thousand, there's a, a running contest right now for the first ten days of the expansion to see who can um, complete the nine bosses in the dungeon run with the least number of tries. And um, it's you can actually go to the subreddit right now, our, our Hearthstone, and you can see um, just one of the the, um, uh, the the green link, the, the green threads at the top. Um, you can you can actually see like how everybody's doing, and um, I think Moz is like number one right now. I think with eleven or something like that. Um, but anyways, that. what is that? Actually, let me look right now. I like when Moz started at like hundred or hundred and ten like challenge in arena. It's just like he was yeah. just like. This is his priority. This Not is you want is to run, start again, and he would just run that every day, all day, every day. So it's like, I'm guessing he's probably doing the same thing. He's got games that he makes. Like he is, he's got a sick work ethic. Yeah. Oh, actually, Crips on here too with 12 and Nobbler 214 and some some other great players too. So um, uh, Nobbler was checking their games. He ran it in 11 as well, I think. Oh, Very how come recently. it's 14? Okay, so maybe it was 11. So the big the deal is you have to record yourself doing it too. So obviously a lot of people are streaming it. I mean, obviously that's going to be um, uh, just accessible from a VOD, that standpoint. But for the most part, if you're not a streamer, you have, you have to go and record it yourself. So, um, okay, so how does this... So who wins in the end of this? Just... I mean, there, there's you win if, you get, if you don't get it in 10? The, the top 10 are competing, right? You take the 10... Yeah, I think it's like something like that. Right, right. Right. You're right. going to run again, I think, or something? Or Yeah, I think it's like in a day or down. something. Yeah, or, or it's like, mm-hmm. okay, so, let me see. Just to get the specifics. I, um, yeah, it looks like the top 10 will compete in the end, and then they will like do the dungeon run, see who can be the most successful, I think, in, in a day. I, I think that's how it works. Just that day that they decide to do it. But, yeah, if you look to the right there, I think all those house says Trump is 8 out of 8 at the moment. No, so he, really? I remember uh, he was at six out of six, I think, before he ended his stream Ooh, yesterday. Trump. And you automatically Jeez. win if you have a perfect run. Yeah. Oh, I, do you really? Yeah, I think you automatically win if you do. I, I could be wrong oh, about that, God. but I could have sworn I, I heard Chalky and Muzzy talking about last night that um, that would make sense. I mean, you get a perfect run, you should win. I mean, that's like, mm-hmm. like, that shouldn't be, you should not have to go against these guys that did an 11. I mean, that just doesn't make any <laughs> sense. It's, you know, you, you actually accomplish what the actual challenge is. So, um, anyways, this is really fun. This is great. Uh, Twitch is obviously holding this up. Rodan, I think, was the mind behind this, of course. Um, so, this has been great. I think we should do something like this all the time. Uh, I don't know if we'll have the availability of something cool like a dungeon run to happen, but um, it's really cool that it's like $30,000. I think that's what makes it like even more of a all-encompassing community type of event. 
So, um, you know, lots of streamers obviously doing it. But uh, but getting back to the dungeon runs, uh, which are your <laughs> which are the bosses that you just hate to face at the end? Saying, uh, I, I think it's it's not too bad when you can when you're you've run it for a little while and you know what kind of options there are. Yeah, and then you can kind of play around it because if you've drafted like stealth or something and you're really afraid of the sixth boss being the guy who has charged everything, because yep. then you oh, know, God, you're just you're him. really dead. Yeah. Um, you've given the you're given the option beforehand to pick maybe like double your health, so you can hedge around that kind of stuff now. If you have an idea of where your weaknesses are and where some of the boss's strong suits are, you yeah. kind of play around it a little bit. Um, but again, there is a lot of RNG involved. But if you're making smart decisions uh, and you're given information, you've ran it a little bit. I, yeah. I think you're starting to see where all the strong synergies are and you know what things you should be playing around, especially based on how your build goes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely the it's dark. Definitely a huge learning experience. Yeah, the I don't want to. I mean, it's de- definitely you have to play a ton just to know it. But yeah, King Taggle. I think I think King King Togwaggle and the Darkness have been the two I've like struggled with a lot. The Darkness is, gosh, man. I, I like I think the the only time I've ever come close to being the Darkness is when I had. It, it was kind of funny because I was watching Chalky do the same thing. It was when you have the spell that just does ten damage to somebody until somebody dies. Like you pyroblast <laughs> them until somebody that dies. Dude, yeah, that would was that was the closest I got to being the Darkness so far. And I, then I was. I would like that to be introduced to competitive. No, shut up, dude. That's <laughs> that would be ridiculous. But I was watching Chalky last. Night. I don't know if you guys did, and he was. I don't know, maybe on his. I think he had just lost the priest. I can't remember. Anyways, he was he was like I'm already won like five of them or something like that. And he gets down to the darkness, and he's got like two minions on the board. There's two minions on the board on both sides, and I I believe the warlock had or the the darkness had like nine health. He just had a power blast on one time, and he had like thirty one health. And oh, he, no. he, ended up, he ended up fire blasting himself four times in the face. <laughs> After removing all the minions, oh, that was so bad. Oh god, that was that was so awesome. Maybe Darkness had eleven or something like. So he 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 ended up doing it four times in his face versus two or something like that. But it was so brutal, man. But um, but anyways, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, any class that you think is like, like let's say somebody's doing it for the first time, like what what do you think is the easiest class? The easiest class is the ones that have Jade mechanics because. The plan is very simple of drafting Jade and getting the battle cries or the death rattles going on. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's, it's just a very powerful way to overwhelm the bosses. Yeah. Um, some of the harder ones are going to be like Warlock and Warrior, where the game plan isn't mm-hmm. as apparent. And you do have to rely on more synergies and maybe a, a bit of a high roll draft and know where those synergies are for you to be able to get to eight easier. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Like those, those triple... When they're when I get those offerings that are triple like Antonitis or triple man, I, I can't help myself. I just have to pick those. <laughs> I mean, what you notice is that a lot of the bundles for what you can pick have a really large pool, right? Like yeah, the legendary pool is like twenty plus. Mm-hmm. Um, like Warrior has like Smash or weapons, and those are still like fifteen plus cards. But Jade mechanic, you're offered between five or six cards maximum, it's right? The same ones. So yeah. if you can keep on picking Jade, it's very very consistent and it's very very powerful if you get the right bonus effect. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, what's your favorite passive? Here, I list out some of the passives here. These are I, I feel like these are like the key. Like the, the I mean, a, a lot of your run is just based upon what you get here. And um, you know, you mentioned the the one that where your minions cost five. You know, it, the scepter of summoning one. That one's obviously super great when you can uh, get those giant minions. You know, like or at least offered those giant minions. 
But um, I really like Captured Flag, too. I think Captured Flag is just generally good. Any of the others, like, surprisingly been good for you? Um, Justicar is insane in Paladin. What you do is you just draft Justicar's ring, and you're, you're getting two one-ones every turn. You draft as many terms as you can, and you just beat everything with that. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. You, you ever do anything with Robo the Magi? Spell damage plus three <laughs> with mages? Uh, you draft Rogue, you draft Phantom Knives, and you draft two of those Magi things, and no board ever survives against Fan for seven. Yeah, nice, nice. That's definitely a good one, too. Yeah, I love these, man. These passes are so good. I wonder if, if ever, we'll ever we'll get that kind of passive thing added to the game. <laughs> <laughs> if you buy enough Tempo Storm card packs, you get plus <laughs> oh, okay. two spell damage. Okay, <laughs> I see how it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, Purple, definitely once you get a chance to play it, definitely, it'll be fun to hear what you think about it. You won't be doing it? God, you're so... <laughs> what? No fun, dude. Come on. <laughs> I mean, you're not really late in terms of the uh, the dungeon running because I think Hearthbone just posted some of the more intricate stats on it and things like that. So yeah. a lot of what players are figuring out, like uh, I think Knobboard, myself, Tic Tac, Active, uh, Aku, we, we had to make a spreadsheet to figure out like what bosses were doing, things like that, because um, people hadn't put in the time yet. But now that the info is public, I mean, Hearthbone has done a lot of the work for you already, so catching up isn't too bad, or even just like playing a dungeon run and net. browsing through. You can yes, you, yes, basically. You, you, you can't net. <laughs> I mean, you can't actually <laughs> net deck, but you can at least, yeah, see, see what kind of bosses, what kind of percentages that you're, you're looking at for... It's really just the 7th and 8th boss that are like, you know, the, the tough ones. So if you can, mm-hmm. you know, work your way towards it, build your deck to, to go against, you know, whichever ones seem to be, I don't know, appearing more than not, then that'd be cool. I, I think my biggest how, thing how is... Much does, go ahead. How much time does one dungeon run take? Oh, um, I don't know. Maybe like 30 minutes, maybe? Like, I mean, 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes, something like that. It, for for one class, right? Yeah, one class. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, if you're talking obviously nine classes, it's going to be like four or five hours, cool. like five hours to be probably more real that is that is a lot of time to put towards almost certain failure it's a stream dude that's like you're one of your stream sessions like i'm gonna do one dungeon run and that's like easy right i, I just wanted to file some people and play some cold arms <laughs> oh god to file some <laughs> like people oh my god that just sounds like wrong <laughs> uh but yeah so anyways dungeon runs have been awesome i i hope they just continually update this you know add more bosses and and keep it more um, relevance, you know, instead of it just going, just basically being something that people just stop playing after a month or two once it's completely figured out. Uh, I think it's something that they could easily just add to, right? And obviously people want res- rewards and stuff for it, but, you know, we can just as a community create rewards, like this whole tournament, right? That, that's a, a way to essentially just do it. So um, I, I think there's a workaround for that. They don't actually have to put in like arena awards and things like that. But, um, but overall, yeah, I think this has been one of the best ideas that they've added to the game and hopefully they keep it keep up with it uh all right well why don't we go in just whatever time we have left we got q a here uh, i got a question from ahmed and as usual what do you guys think if blizzard made an official open tournament day on oh, day two of the launch and then crowned the best deck builder of the expansion rewards for deck building and promotes packages okay so i guess his question is like is for a is there a way to make some kind of event that would be like a deck building re- reward you know like like just best deck builder and then would it be you know like could we do it like as early as day two you know what would it be if it's super early in the expansion 
very it's a very very silly concept because a deck is only relative to a meta, right? And comparing decks and fighting each other is just going to be a clown fest as to who wins because it's comparing decks and fighting each other. It just sounds like by, a meta. by relatively <laughs> what beats what is going to win, right? Right, right. It's not, uh, unless you find a deck that beats everything, in which case you're, you are the best, but uh, that doesn't. Really I mean, that, that's called playing on the ladder, right? <laughs> that's just basically what that is, right? Just the concept of it. Um, but yeah, I guess, you know, just the, more of an abstract thing is like, is there a way for us to actually have a contest of who's the best deck, deck builder? Um, could it be just like who uses somebody's deck the most? Or I don't know, you know, some, some kind of something like that. Sure, Raynad is the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, streamers hold a lot of that privilege. For uh, yeah, a beginning expansion, like Dogs builds a pretty good reputation of mm -hmm. trying a lot of different stuff the first few days, and you know, uh, being able to hone in on what's good and what's not. Maybe it could be just I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty tough. It, it could be one of those things where it's just there's a bunch of decks that are just listed as candidates, and then you just vote on it. I mean, obviously those decks were created by somebody, you know, and you can you can try to figure out that, and that would kind of be the deck building type, you know. You could, uh, but as an alternative, instead of instead of building a deck post-meta, I, I think you could reward people for being the best at predicting how the cards go in a set. I mean, that's that's a skill that is akin to deck building, definitely includes some of the, the skills in the deck building set. Yeah. So, like, uh, you know, people have predictions on what the set's going to look like, and then yeah. in two or three months, you can get a huge Reddit post of Reddit voters and uh, things like that to find what the average of what the cards community thinks are and whoever was closest to that could be crowned something like that. Okay. Um, there, there are statistical ways to like prove how good are you are at predicting a meta or creating. Doesn't have to be a like standardization that. on how you do reviews at that point, but yeah. it works. Yeah. Right, right. But I mean, the whole Reddit thing is kind of convoluted, but <laughs> right. there's, there's, right. there's maybe a more statistical way to see how cards fare than that. Like maybe pull data from HS Replay or something like that. Yeah, HS Replay clearly has the stats there. So, um, or maybe Blizzard could share some of that. That would be nice. Okay, yeah, I think that's, those are pretty good ideas. Um, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, Trump, Trump has these videos now where he's reviewing himself, doing reviews, doing reviews. He's got the triple, <laughs> quadruple Trump <laughs> reviewing himself. It's pretty awesome. Uh, all right, guys. Well, I, that's, a, that's a wrap for today's show. I mean, it's been a solid, solid uh, amount of things that we talked about. Awesome to have you guys here. It's been a while since we had you here, Purple. Saiyan was on maybe like yeah. a month or two ago. but uh, been a couple of years. Yeah, a couple of years. Has it really been a couple of years? Oh, my God. That's 2017. I think I was on the show in 2015. Oh, my God. That's, that, that's so wrong. Well, you took a year off pretty much. Like, I don't know where... Like hide, yeah. hiding, hiding from us. So, and then I was going. A year off. Too. Purple's going to the world championship. I know. Now he's going to the world championship. So it's it's uh you know trying to he's been traveling all over the place lately. So, uh, but yeah, definitely be awesome to have you on, especially after you win. You know, like in January. So, <laughs> be the first person to talk to the world champion here. But uh, yeah, I can make fun of saying for being a hundred dollar gamer. <laughs> oh, he he's not a hundred dollar <laughs> gamer anymore. He's a forty two fifty, or at least something in that three thousand four thousand. <laughs> range now so Change. my paycheck has you know uh been 10 times raised this year <laughs> awesome but uh purple you want to do some shout outs before you take off uh, team gamers origin uh entering my third year with them um nice orange is pretty cool 
talking a bit about hairstyle while I was in China. We we had some like off time, like uh, so yeah. Uh, Orange on um, pretty good guy. <laughs> pretty good it. guy. Okay, awesome. Yes, we know Orange is a good guy. <laughs> uh, just uh, just saying. You have any shoutouts you want to do? Uh, shoutouts to Muzzy for allowing Tempo Storm to join him uh, in the 2018 <laughs> year. So I, I think we're looking pretty solid for the whole team aspect of things. I'm very excited about the years, the year to come. Yeah, well, open the check, open the checkbook and get carried by Muzzy. Well done, Tempo. Storm. Open the checkbook. <laughs> no, that's gonna be a, definitely a good ad if you, especially if you want to finish in that top ten. Uh, so yeah, congrats to Muzzy and. Breaking up the lull, boys, man. I don't know about that. We'll see what happens with the other guys. Uh, but for me, just thanking all of you guys for um, you know, watching the show today. And obviously, you, you two for doing the show. Jackie and Allie are hopefully going to be back next week. But um, uh, Seed Story is this weekend. Definitely go and check that out. Take Always does an awesome job with Seed Story and all your favorite players and streamers. Uh, at least some of them will be there for sure. And um, you can find the VOD for this show on uh, youtube.com slash champion v as always find the show on itunes and google play and soundcloud.com slash champion v also so uh but that's gonna be it for uh episode 40 149 of value town so for just saying purple and myself champion v i'll see you next week one thing playing on our mind.